So we started talking about who's your one a couple weeks ago, right? And uh, watched that video. And so hopefully you've been thinking about your one because today you're going to kind of be pushed in that direction. All right. Uh, but first off, welcome. Glad that you're here this morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ray and uh, I'm our campus pastor here. Excited that you're with us today and uh, looking forward to continuing as we walk through this series that we've been doing called Believe. Now, here's the thing. 20 weeks we have been in this series, believe it or not, right? Like 20 weeks. I was telling somebody this morning, you never realize how fast time flies till you do like a series like this, right? And then you're like, wow, we've been going for 20 weeks, half the year almost. And so uh, in this series. And so just to kind of remind you what all we've looked at is we kind of round out our second 10 weeks that we've been looking at, okay? Our first 10 weeks was all about what we believe, like what we believe about Jesus, what we believe about God, uh, the Father, what we believe about the Holy Spirit. And then these past 10 weeks, we've been walking through, okay, I believe those things. Now, what does that look like as I act that out? Or what do I do with that belief? Okay, and so to remind you a couple things that we talked about. We talked about worship. We talked about prayer. We talked about studying God's word. And then we talked about total surrender of everything that we have to him. And then we looked at um, biblical community, right? And then this idea of offering our resources last week, including one of the weeks that we talked about spiritual gifts, okay? And so offering those things. And today is kind of our, our, our final act, if you will, that we are challenged as believers in, okay? And it's this. It is sharing our faith, okay? Sharing our faith. Now, as I said that, some of you might have gotten this lump in your throat, right? Or you maybe even get a little nauseous, and you're like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like, you want me to do that. You want me to share my faith. But hopefully today, here's what I hope to do, okay? Is to make that phrase a little bit more palatable, if you will. Or when you hear that, you don't go, oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't go wrong or get messed up, but it's like, man, I have boldness and confidence in this, all right? And so our question for the week in our Believe book was this, how do I share my faith with those who don't know God, okay? How do I share my faith with those that don't know God? Now, again, you may get a little nauseous as you hear that, okay? But as we walk through Scripture this morning, I hope that you see that we have maybe made this more than it is, made this harder, if you will, or that we've even systematized it in such a way that we kind of look at it and we go, well, I've got to follow step A, B, and C to be able to successfully share my faith, right? And so hopefully this morning you're going to see that maybe that's not exactly the case. Okay? So, if you, uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10 is kind of where we're going to start today. Now, here's the thing. In your Believe book, I believe we looked at the, um, the Luke account, or uh, excuse me, no, we looked at the Matthew account, right, of this story, okay? And then we're going to be looking at the Luke account today. Now, here's the thing. It's also in the John. So, it's in three of the Gospels, right? And here's, here's a little tip. When a story or a, an account of what Jesus is saying is in multiple gospels, it might be of high importance, right? Like we might want to check that out, spend some time in it. And then if it asks us to do something, we might really want to actually do it. Okay. Kind of like what we talked about last week. Like we hear what God's saying, but are we doing it? Okay. And so we're going to be 
again in Luke chapter 10 today. All right, so let me give you some quick context here in Luke chapter 10. All right, so here's what happened. Jesus has just shared with all these folks like how hard it's going to be to follow him. Okay, and then he has these guys that come to him and say, we want to follow you. And he says, all right, here's what you got to do. And then they're like, on second thought, we're not quite sure we want to do that. Like that's, I don't know, like, or they start making excuses. Well, I, you know, I've got to go bury my dad first before I can follow you. Like they put all these things in place. And then in chapter 10, we see this phrase that it starts. Okay. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others. Now there's a key word there, others, right? So what that's telling us is that these folks who just started making the excuses and had the reasons why they couldn't like follow Jesus, Jesus takes these 70 others and that's who he's going to send out. Like it's not the people that decommitted, if you will, but it's the folks that he says, all right, you're committed. You're willing to, as he had just said in chapter nine, like deny yourself and take up your cross. Those are the folks that he then is ready to send out. Okay. And so after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and he sent them ahead of him in pairs into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Now he told them the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. Okay. Now here's the thing. When we look back at these pseudo-followers, okay, they had made multiple excuses. But then Jesus offers, if you will, this encouragement to those that he's sending out. These 70 that he's about to send out. He says, look, the harvest is abundant. It's abundant. And where I'm sending you, guess what? It is abundant. So here's the first thing I want you to see this morning is this, okay? Each of us, as followers of Jesus, are commissioned to share Jesus with others. Okay? Let me say that again. Each of us, as followers of Jesus, are commissioned to share Jesus with others. Now, here's the unique thing about these folks, all right, that are sent out. They are the first kingdom missionaries. Like, Jesus is saying, okay, I'm sending you out. So he has then commissioned them. And guess what? In the same way that they were commissioned, you as a follower of Jesus have also been commissioned. You have been sent out into the places that you are on a daily basis to share Jesus. Now again, that lump in the throat may have come back like, oh gosh, at my workplace you want me to share Jesus. But hold on. Here we go. Okay? So he sends out these men. Now, Paul, okay, as he is writing in scripture, he often refers to uh, the people being sent out as ambassadors of Christ, okay? Ambassadors of Christ. Now, what does an ambassador do? Okay, well, I'm glad you asked because I've got the definition for you up on the screen, okay? So an ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country, okay? Now, here's the other one. A person who acts as a representative or promoter of a specified activity. But guess what? If you're an ambassador of Christ, then you are sent out as a representative to this foreign place here where we are, right? And you are acting on whose behalf? His behalf, right? You are then the ambassador of Christ. So these 70 that were chosen, he sends them out, and he he then, again, says this offering of encouragement, okay? He says in verse 2, look here. 
The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Now, when I hear the word abundance, I'm like, yeah, right? Like, I love an abundance of Oreos. I love an abundance of M&Ms. Like, I love an abundance, right? And he's saying, look, the harvest is an abundant thing. Now, here's the thing. I think this is how we often approach sharing our faith or going out into this big bad world and sharing Jesus. We have kind of a scarcity mentality of it. Right? Like we step into it and we go, oh my gosh, I may say the wrong thing, or I'm going to screw that up, or I'm going to mess that up. And Jesus is going, no, no, look, this is an abundance thing. Like there are an abundance of people out there who desire the things of God, but yet don't know it yet. But there's an abundance of them out there for you to go forward and to reach into. Now, we may find ourselves in this place of going, well, you know, yeah, but that's hard, right? Like, that's hard. And yes, it is a hard thing, but we have an abundance. He's saying, look, there is an abundance. Now, we were, one time we were at Graham's baseball practice, okay, and we were walking over to the field, and there was these two kids kicking the soccer ball uh, into into the goal, right? And one of them misses, and so it comes rolling up to me, and I'm like, oh, I'll just kick it back, you know? And so I, I kick the ball back, and I kind of like botched the shot, if you will. And so I just kind of hit the ground, and there it goes. And it's going towards the goal, okay? It's going towards the big net. And then all of a sudden, I notice that there's this little tiny hole in the net. And the ball goes right through that tiny hole. And those kids' eyes are like, holy cow. And Graham looks at me, and he's like, holy cow, right? And I'm like, yeah, I meant to do that, <laughs> Right? But here's the thing, like they were so amazed by that, right? But when we share the things of Jesus with people and they actually respond in a positive way, we're so shocked in the same way that those kids were shocked about what I had just done, right? Like, holy cow, it not only did it hit the goal, it hit that little hole and went through it. But yet we share Jesus and we go, wow, they really needed encouragement, right? Oh, wow. Like, they're in, they're in a hurting place, and maybe Jesus has offered some encouragement and hope. But yet we're so shocked by it. But it's like, no, look, it's, a, it's abundant. Like the net is wide open for you to then share your faith. But here's the thing. Look, when we look at it that way, maybe, hopefully, it changes your view. Right? Now there's abundance. It's not a scarcity mentality to this thing of sharing Jesus, but there is then abundance. And so it changes our view and it changes maybe even our attitude and the possibilities of what this thing could be in sharing Jesus. Now, look here. Here's the thing. If we're going to share Jesus, if we're going to take on this missionary mentality, okay, if we're going to proclaim the kingdom of God, then it's going to have to start with our attitude, Our attitude, we can't come into this thing with fear, but we have to come into it with boldness. Like, look, Jesus has not only commissioned you and sent you out, but he is saying, I have commissioned you and sent you out into this place of abundance. Enjoy, right? Like, go. But we so often sit back in fear and go, I'm not sure. But it really has to start with our attitude and it has to start with our 
heart. You see, we can train people till we're blue in the face, right? Like we can load up your theological gun, if you will, and prepare you for battle. But here's the thing. If we don't have a heart change of sharing Jesus in this idea of abundance, we will never make a huge impact. But look here. Imagine if sharing our faith is done by highly motivated people. And not only highly motivated people, but highly motivated people with a great burden for the people that we are sharing with. Like if our burden increases, then what happens? Our motivation increases, right? Our motivation increases. So imagine if our burden then is heavy for those who don't know Christ. What happens? Our motivation then becomes accelerated, right? So here's the thing. Look, Jesus is using these words to motivate these men. Look, I'm sending you out. The harvest is abundant. Go and share. But guess what? It's still true today. Right? The harvest is abundant. Like there's still an abundant amount of people who need to hear and know the truth of Jesus. And the harvest is plentiful. Over in John's account, he puts it this way. He says, the, harv- or the fields are ripe for the harvest. Like they're ready. Go after it. Right? Like, Jim's helping me with uh, my garden in the backyard. It's getting overtaken by weeds, so help, right? But, like, here's the thing, okay? There's, there's, uh, I forget which one it is. Tomatoes, I believe. Like, as soon as they're ripe, we need to grab those because the little squirrels and rabbits in our backyard are going to go after them, right? But they're ripe and they're ready for harvest. They're not yet. But when they're ripe and ready for harvest, that's when we've got to go and get them. And John's saying, look, the harvest is ripe, Like, go after it. Go after it. But doesn't that change our heart and our mentality then? Oh, yes, people are hungry for the things of Jesus. Man, how encouraging that is for us, right? How encouraging that is. So here's the next kind of thing I want you to get this morning, and hopefully you have. Each of us as followers of Jesus must see the harvest as plentiful, right? We must see the harvest as plentiful, now, we talked about a minute ago that there's kind of these formalized plans and systems that have been set in place for evangelism, right, and sharing Jesus. And I, I honestly think this is kind of t- sometimes where we run askew because we'll start with step A and then we have to skip to step C because that's where the conversation goes and we're like, wait, I forgot B. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if the Holy Spirit's going to be able to handle this because I missed that step, Right? But look here, the Holy Spirit is far greater than that. But here's the thing I want you to think about for a moment. Okay, think about that statement, sharing your faith. Okay, sharing your faith. Now let's break that down for a second. Sharing, okay, that's sharing is caring, right? Amanda, right? Don't you teach that in class? Yeah, sharing is caring, right? So sharing your faith. You're sharing something with someone else, right? Well, what are you sharing? Well, you're sharing your faith. Well, where does your faith lie? Your faith, hopefully, lies in Jesus, Right? So when you're sharing your faith, your faith is in Jesus, then you're sharing Jesus. Pretty easy equation, right? So we're sharing Jesus. And so when somebody says, I'm sharing my faith, look here, you're sharing your faith in the way that Jesus has carried you, helped you, encouraged you, worked in your life in a particular situation or moment, like that is what you are sharing. In other words, you're sharing, this is why I choose Jesus. Over the things of this world, that's why I choose Jesus. 
So let me give you an example. If somebody says, you know what, uh, man, my life is, is a wreck. Like I'm hurting in this area, A, B, and C. And you go, okay, guess what? When my life, in my life, I'm hurting in that same area, here's how I rely on Jesus in that. Right? Like here's how I rely on Jesus in that. But here's what we've got to begin to change kind of our mentality is, okay, on the regular, we need to be thinking, how is God working in the areas of my life? Right? How's he working so then when somebody shares this, I can go, hey, this is what God is currently doing in my life in that area. This is what Jesus is doing. And so then you're sharing Jesus. You're sharing faith. You're ultimately saying, this is why I've chosen Jesus. Now, then there's the salvation piece that comes into play. Right? So this is why I choose Jesus. And they go, well, I don't know Jesus. And then that's when we freak out and we go, well, I don't know if the Holy Spirit can handle this. Catch that? The Holy Spirit can handle this. Not you. The Holy Spirit. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit will give us the words to say. I mean, I've, I've, had, I've had students in student ministry that, like, I'm talking to them about Jesus, and I'm like, this is, a, this is a train wreck. Like, this is terrible. And they go, yeah, I want that. And you're like, okay, cool, right? Like that shot on goal, like, man, sweet, cool, you know? But, like, that's the thing when you realize, okay, the Holy Spirit has this. Like, I'm not the one changing this person's salvation. I'm, I am the instrument God is using, yes, but the Holy Spirit is the one that is truly working in their life. And man, when we have that, guess what? It increases your confidence, doesn't it? It increases your boldness. And then when we're, we're thinking through, okay, this is how the Lord's working, and we see the Lord working, man, guess what you want to do? You want to share that with folks, right? Like, this is what I've seen God do in this area, man. Your brokenness that you're experiencing, let me share that with you of how Jesus works in that. Or even these good things that are happening in your life, right? You can share those with that particular person. Now, here's the thing. The salvation piece comes into play, absolutely, right? And so I'm even going to give you a couple tools this morning, but I don't want you to get stuck on the system, right? Get stuck on the principles of what you have there, okay? Because there's one thing you're not going to do in heaven. Guess what it is? You're not going to evangelize lost people. Right? Like that ain't going to happen in heaven. So that's why you've been placed here now. Is that God has chosen you. And yes, you. And you're like, no, just the person next to me. No, you. God has chosen you to be the instrument for sharing what he is doing. You're it. I'm it. We're it. Like the church and believers of Jesus are the instrument and the tool he has chosen. 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 Right? To use. And man, then out of that, guess what? Like joy, (laughs) fulfillment, right? Like, man, I'm seeing people come to know Christ. I'll see them in the kingdom. We'll enjoy that together. Now, here's the thing. Again, we're commissioned as ambassadors, right? We are ultimately an extension of those original 70 that were sent out. So look here, Paul writes over in Romans chapter 10, okay? And so if you want to flip over there, you can. It's going to be up on the screen. And it's going to be a little bit of reading, but I want you to really hear the scriptures and not just me talking, okay? So here we go. Romans chapter 10. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, and this is the NLT version, so it may be a little different. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. Now, we could change that if you want, like the people of Miriam to be saved, right? The people of Kansas City to be saved. 
Hopefully that's our heart. Hopefully that's our longing, right? And so I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Catch that. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with themselves. Refusing to accept God's ways, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. Like, I'm a good person mentality, right? For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Confidence, encouragement, right? All who believe in him are made right. Now, salvation is for everyone, is the heading there. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of his commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth, and don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says, look here, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. Like the message is there for you to share. And look here, and that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You think you could walk somebody through that? Like, you openly declare Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, then God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And as the scripture tells us, look here, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. In other words, nobody's left out. And they have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But catch this next part in verse 14. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have not heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Well, guess what? You're sent, right? You're commissioned. You're sent as a follower of Jesus. That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. Now look here. Here's ultimately what you're saying, okay? Jesus is Lord of my life. Right? And I submit all situations to him, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But that's ultimately what we're saying when we share our faith in him. So let me ask you this question to kind of get you started, get the, the, the old pump primed, okay? Here it is. How is God working in your life? How is God working in your life? Like, Take note of that. Maybe not right now, but like later today, later this week, maybe as you're spending time with the Lord this week, like how is God working in your life? And then when you look at that, how then can you share that with someone else? Right? Maybe the salvation question is six months, a year down the road, but maybe they just need to hear the encouragement of Jesus. Maybe they just need to begin to hear that so that then that builds this thing to where they get down the road and they go, wow, you were talking about this Jesus and and what that looks like in your life. Tell me more about that. Right? Like relationship, more and more relationship has to be in place before a true salvation conversation happens. 
Like, it still happens, yes. Like, you meet a stranger on the street and you say, hey, if you died today, you know, would you go to heaven? Like, that's still a thing. It can still happen. But ultimately, what you're seeing today in the church and even in just culture itself is that there has to be relationship there first before any salvation conversation ever begins. Like, it's just kind of how things are going these days. But here's the thing. Again, we don't dismiss the Holy Spirit in that, right? In His power. But how is God working in your life? So preload the canon, if you will, right? Like preload the canon of some responses that maybe you could have. Now, in a, it, as a staff, we're reading through this book called The Power of Moments. It's a great book. Um, it's by a fellow by the name of uh, Chip Heath, I believe it is. And so if you like want to read it, go for it. It's awesome. But he's talking about how we create these moments in people's lives, right? And one of the things he says is this, and he's talking about this idea of, of shared kind of suffering or working together. And he says this, he says, people are tightly connected together as they realize that what they're doing is important and urgent and bigger than themselves, Right? Like if you put those three things together, okay, people are tightly connected together as they realize what they are doing is important, urgent, and bigger than themselves. Guess what? There is, I believe, nothing more important or more urgent or more bigger than ourselves than sharing the truth of Jesus Christ with those around us. So how cool would that look if we were to all jump together on that and begin to move in that and begin to share our faith. Now, here's the thing. Okay, I've got a couple tools for you. Uh, and again, don't get lost in the tools, but just, you know, use them as, as principles, use them as encouragement, use them as uh, confidence, if you will. All right, so the first one is this. It's a little book. I mean, it's a quick, easy read. Uh, it's called Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out, right? And he's talking about coffee conversations. So he says, evangelism, the way you were born to do it. And ultimately, he's talking about this idea of, again, Man, you're sharing your faith in more than just saying, hey, this is how you receive Jesus, but you're, you're sharing your faith in those daily conversations, coffee shop conversations. In fact, he even has like case studies in here uh, where he breaks it down. Like I was at this coffee shop and I was talking to this guy and here's what he said and here's how I responded. And then it went from there to that. And, but it's a great book. Okay. It's super cheap on Amazon. I don't remember the price. Uh, it's not super cheap. Sixteen ninety nine. But I think you can get it cheaper than that on Amazon, okay? You can get like the used version even if you want. Check out somebody else's notes on it. Uh, you can borrow mine for free. Anyway, okay, so it's called Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out. It's a great little book um, and a great little tool to have, and it gives you, again, kind of those case studies to have there. So there's that one. Okay, the other one is the Life on Mission app. So it's an app that you can download, okay? And this is, again, when we get into that salvation piece of sharing your faith, evangelism piece, and you're like, man, I'm afraid I'm going to screw this up. Okay, um, you can download that app and it walks you through like how to share Jesus with someone and how they would accept him into their life. Okay, it's even got the verses for you like it's awesome. Uh, this week, I'm going to be doing a video on our Facebook that will walk you through how to use that. Okay, I don't want to just put it out there and go, well, good luck, right? Like, hey, here's a pair of scissors, figure it out. You know, like here's the app and we'll walk through it together. Okay, so you can check that out on the Facebook page. I'm going to try to do that. Uh, tomorrow afternoon. So that'll be on the Facebook page for you to follow, but it's a great little thing. And it also has a video you can watch that'll like walk you through it too. Okay. Sound good. And then the last one is this. And again, we've been talking about it for the past couple weeks, but this idea of who's your one, because ultimately all this is great, but you need to begin to start praying for that person. 
for that person, right? That God has called you then to minister to. Now, here's the crazy thing. If you think about this for a moment, God may have specifically put you on this earth to share Jesus with one specific person, right? Let me say that again. God may have specifically put you on earth to share Jesus with one specific person. Wow. Okay. That's crazy to think about, right? Like, that's wild. But what I want you to do is this, okay, in the, ne- in the next few minutes here, Morgan's going to come up and she's going to be begin to play through a song. And the first thing I want you to do is just spend a little bit of time in prayer. Lord, who is my one? Right? Maybe you already have your one. Maybe you've been thinking about it the past couple weeks. But like, who is your one? Who would that be? Okay? And then what I'm going to ask you to do is kind of just as an act of like, Lord, I'm all in to doing this or trying this or, you know, see what happens here, is that you come up here and you grab one of these things, okay? And so this serves as a bookmark, and then on the back side, there's this little card, okay, and it has a place for a name. So what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to write that name on there and then tear that off, okay? And then in a few minutes in the middle of the song, we're going to pass the offering buckets, Okay? And you're going to slide that in the offering bucket. Then what's going to happen is next, well, not next week because we'll be at Old Shawnee Days, but the next week you come back, our one is going to be back up here, and those names are going to be on it. Okay? As just kind of a reminder for us, like these are our one that we're praying for, ultimately. Okay? And so in that, there's also 30 days of prayer and scripture that you can go through for that particular person, like your one. Who is your one? Okay? And so we want to kind of offer that to you. Now, the other thing is this. If you remember a while back, like way back, some of you are new. You may, you're like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. That's okay. All right? But here's the thing. Uh, way back when, we had these little stickers, right? They were location markers, and then they had the question mark. And the reason that we had these was this idea of, okay, God has placed me in a specific place for a specific pur- purpose, right? So what will I do with that place that he's put me? And so if you want to grab one of those stickers, there's some up here, there's some on the back table. If you don't, if you want another one, if you already have one, like whatever. Okay, but these are just, again, a little reminder. Okay, what am I going to do with the places that God has put me? And how am I going to use those places to share my faith? Ultimately, to share my Jesus. Right? Okay? Sound good? So Morgan's going to come up. She's going to lead us through this song. I'm going to pray for you. And as you do... Begin to pray for who is that one, who is that person that God is calling you to, all right? So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you have commissioned us out. You have sent us out. And Lord, I pray that in obedience we step out into that commissioning that you called us to. And Lord, those opportunities that you give us each and every day, Lord, where we can share you as the answer. We can share you as the encouragement. We can share you as, as Lord. Lord, I pray that we take full advantage of those. Lord, I pray that you open our eyes to those opportunities. And Lord, if it moves even to the place of, of salvation and having that conversation, Lord, we trust in your Holy Spirit that your Holy Spirit will give us the words and the strength and the confidence to then begin to share that. And Lord, as we sit here in these next few moments, that one, that person who may not know you, or that person who needs your encouragement, that person who needs your love, maybe even sitting heavy on our hearts. And so I pray over these next 30 days, as we lift that person up, as we pray for that person, Lord, may we just have the opportunities. And may we take full advantage of those opportunities that we have. 
And Lord, in that, may we step out knowing that there is abundance. Lord, that there is your desire for all to come to know you. And in that, may our confidence just rise of what we can share and how you're working and moving. So Lord, we just lift up these names even before they're written on these cards. Lord, I pray that out of this we see salvations. Lord, I pray that out of this we see baptisms. Lord, out of this we see folks coming to know you and declaring you as Lord. Lord of their lives. And so, Father, we give this to you. Lord, may it not be something that we just do out of selfish ambition, but it be something that we so desire your kingdom to be just exemplified. So, Father, in these next few minutes, lead us to that one. Holy Spirit, share with us that one that we might be able to touch and might be able to share you with. And, Lord, whether it takes a week or it takes a year, Father, we know that your desire and your heart is that they come to know you and that they're restored in a relationship with you. Father, we love you. We thank you. In your awesome name, amen. I just feel like I'm supposed to share this story with you guys. When I um, helped plant New City Edgerton, we basically did the same thing. We wrote names on the stage. And one of my best friends at the time, she was not saved. She was very in the world. And I just felt the Lord say, like, write her name on the stage. Like, I want to show you just how like powerful I am through her life. And um, about two or three years after that, well, maybe two years because it hasn't been that long. But um, she started going to the Shawnee campus, like completely, like I didn't like prompt her or anything. The Holy Spirit just led her to start going to the Shawnee campus. And then she's been baptized since then. She reached out to me and said like, hey, I want to be a part of discipleship. And so this is like really serious what the Lord is at, like prompting you to do through this moment. Ray, through the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do so. Like he's saying, just like sit and ask the Lord, who is my one? Because he really wants to use you to impact the city of Miriam, the city of Shawnee, Roland Park, Tonganoxie, um, you know, just all these different places that are around here. So this is not something light. Um, Take it seriously and just kind of like dwell with the Holy Spirit for a little bit. And we're just going to sing over you. Don't feel like you have to sing with us, but just kind of like sit in the presence of the Lord and think about this. (laughs) 